Welcome to Ask Cadence, everybody. Another week. My name is Pete Wright, sitting around the table here with John Patton. Hello, Pete. Good morning. Good morning. And Scott Lissett, back again. Hi, nice to be here. We are picking up where we have left off the last several weeks. We've been talking about methodolo- implementing a methodology of project management in an organization. And, and we started the last week talking about the minimum elements of a methodology. If you're, if you're considering implementing a methodology, what do you need to do? And we focused on the first, and, and uh, I don't know if we would say most important, but the idea of a life cycle, having a life cycle that's flexible. The second item on the list that we didn't get to talk about last week is roles. What are the important roles? Uh, supporting the project management, program management infrastructure in an organization. And uh, I think that's where we're going to pick up this week. Okay, uh, sure, Pete. Um, uh, Remember I said that we define an organization chart, the operation with an organization chart and job descriptions in that organization chart. Uh, Whereas since people come from different organizations on a project, we define uh, the, the, the project people by roles. So here are some standard roles project manager, the overall leader of the project, Uh, the coordinator or project administrator. On very large projects, this would be an assistant to the project manager that does administrative kinds of activities. Team members. Team members are subject matter experts. They're specialists. And the project manager's job is to protect their time, keep them productive doing what they do best. In uh, fairly large product development projects, there is sometimes a head architect, overall systems engineer, technical leader, generically uh, to speak here. So these are those wonderful people who have the ability to describe in lay terms uh, complex technical issues so that those people who are not subject matter experts can understand. And they're responsible for the overall um, interface and compatibility among different engineering uh, disciplines. Uh, One of the key things that the uh, technical leader and the project manager need to agree upon, for example, is that when there are areas of overlap uh, where it might be confusing as to who is in charge, that the technical leader and the uh, project manager will discuss this before that uh, gray area becomes visible to the team and would start confusing them. Uh, Now, managers of project managers are also uh, an important role. Um, Their people are on loan to the project, so how do they manage them? How much management uh, should they give them? How much should come from the project manager? And then uh, the manager of the project manager, that's a key role, as well as sponsors. I want to be clear, just a second ago you said managers of project managers, did you oh, mean okay. managers of team members? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm talking about two distinct manager okay. uh, levels here. One is the manager of the project manager, Okay. and and then that's different from the multiple managers of the team of members. Of the team members. Yes, yeah. okay. I got confused there that's for a minute. Right. And then finally on this list I put uh, sponsors. Um, the sponsor will be at different management levels of the organization based on its size. Um, Now, why are roles important? Let's take the example of a small project where the project manager and the team members work in the same organization. Project managers appear. Now the project manager is put in this role of leading his peers. And he or she is going to say, now, uh, what are your tasks? And the team member could say, why are you asking? And the project manager finally struggles and gets this plan together. 
And uh, he comes up to one of the team members and says, how are you doing on task A? And the team member says, what's it to you? You're not my boss. You're not the boss of me. Yeah, right. So uh, it's really to, uh, to clarify up front that the project manager is in a leadership role for definition and tracking on project tasks and is not the person's boss, but has been appointed to lead this effort. And so they have legitimate authority to ask for estimates and to ask for, uh, you know, the status of a particular task. It's functional authority, not administrative authority. Would that be the, fair? No, it's project authority, project which is a authority. very different thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, let me add a little bit to that, um, just to give an example here. Uh, John, you talked about uh, job description on the organizational side versus project uh, roles on the other side. And what that really means is that individuals need to wear more than one hat. So for example, let's say somebody is a software engineer in the IT department. Okay, that's their, that's their job title in the organization. But they may be assigned to work on uh, more than one project at a time. On one of those projects, they may have the role of a team member. On another of those projects, they, they might have the role of the technical lead. On another project, they might have the role of the project manager. Now, they're still a software engineer. That's still their job description in the company. But on the project, they have to un clearly understand what their role is that they're playing on that project. And there aren't that many roles that a project team needs to be successful. John just uh, went through about half a dozen, but that's really about all you need. And you don't uh, even need all of them on most projects. You don't even right? need, right. Uh, it's um, really only the larger projects that would have the budget to have uh, a technical lead, for example. Um, on, a, on a smaller project, the project manager will, will probably also have to be uh, leading the technical solution uh, as, as well as all of the project management functions too. Uh, but this is why it's important to document the roles on the project. Include that in the project plan so that on each project, depending on the size, uh, depending on how the project manager uh, wants to run the project, each person is clear on what their function is on the project, not just what their job is in the company. Excellent. We, uh, now, John, I think you had said you wanted to talk a little bit about a, a company that has implemented yeah. successfully. Yeah, let's get to real world yeah. here. You know, yeah. we're, we're, we're talking uh, quite a bit of structure, a lot of words here. So let's give you a, a company case example. This is of a uh, large telephone company. And um, uh, we're talking about the real estate uh, division of the company. They were in, uh, responsible for land and buildings, offices, uh, switch rooms uh, for the whole state. Now, they'd had an audit, and uh, the auditors found that there were between one and 2,000 projects a year. 80% um, of those projects came in late and over budget, or both. Um, there was a lot of rework. Uh, constant changes during the projects. Okay, and I got a phone call. Now, uh, you're, what you're going to hear in some of my examples as we go through this was, is this line, I got a phone call. Uh, we're really looking for a way to improve our project management. Our projects are coming in late and over budget, and we want to get to consistent on-time 
good performance um, completion of these projects. So we spent six months, we'll talk about the timing here, we spent six months setting up and um, uh, getting organized and implementing, doing some early training of the people for project management. And then after those six months where we created a guide and a structure for project management, uh, we assisted them in just course corrections and making sure that things were working uh, smoothly. So it took about a year to get everything implemented. Now, uh, then we said goodbye. And I would call this um, uh, vice president of the division on an annual basis, how are you doing? We'd uh, share things. And I just want to share the, uh, uh, the structure and then our conversation on year three. So what we ended up with was a virtual um, project management office. We didn't call it an office, we just called it a steering committee. It consisted of a director uh, and uh, two uh, administrative assistants. We created a, uh, a uh, uh, leadership team that consisted of the vice president and four directors. And the vice president and the four directors prioritized the top 100 projects. The directors each had beneath that list of the top 100, a list of 100 projects each that they prioritized. And then below them were some asset managers and they had to pay attention to the top 100 first, the director 100 next, and then they could um, also prioritize after that their own smaller projects inside their areas. So at the end of three years, phone call, how's it going? He said, I'm ready for you, John, this year. Uh, we completed 1,453 projects. Um, among those that were on the top 100, 95% came in on time, at or under budget, and within scope. And uh, the cost of construction, uh, oh, uh, changes. We talked about lots of change on these projects. Only 10 of these projects uh, had um, uh, a need to change. Uh, their objective. Out of uh, 1,450? Out of 1,400, uh, no, out of the top 100 okay. that we were constantly tracking. Mm -hmm. And uh, by the way, John, uh, we were implementing quality along with project management. We did that concurrently. And with these two disciplines, the cost of construction has gone down from $120 a square foot three years ago to $65 per square foot today. Now, that shows bottom line impact on the business, Pete. That's why people put in a flexible, adaptable methodology. That's fantastic. I mean, that's a that's a great example. And and um, uh, where just in terms of reflection, where do you see the the biggest impact in implementation? I mean, is it is it implementing a, a standard life cycle? Is it just having the uh, seven people on the steering committee that are constantly looking at the performance? What what is it that's the most important? Is there a way to say what's most important here? I just identified the minimums, Pete. And if any one of those minimums are missing the implementation is in jeopardy. You have to do those six or seven things yeah. to the right degree for the maturity of the organization uh, to get the, the ball rolling here. Now the good thing about this company was that they did that continuous improvement. So at the end of three years, uh, they were really uh, clicking. And it's analogous uh, to, uh, you know, the good to great book, mm -hmm. uh, to the flywheel effect. Things really started clicking now, and the cost of construction went down and down and down. 
Well, John, was there any turnover among uh, the project managers after doing that? Oh, yeah. I remember a couple of episodes before, Scott, that you talked about people who didn't like control. Well, um, in the beginning, uh, the people who were the project managers were construction engineers. That was their training. And we found that many of them, uh, although they were called project managers, were really doing construction engineering. And a good percentage of those, there were some that made uh, the grade and became uh, project managers, but there were others that said, no, just let's, let's define more clearly this job of construction engineer. I want to keep doing that. So yes, Scott, there was uh, a change in who were the project managers in this organization. Glad you, you, you raised that. I don't want that to sound threatening to, to people who are listening out there, but it's reality. There was some change. Those were the facts in this case. Reality of moving from a chaotic environment to a, one with more flexible control. In this case, the, the people had to really make a choice about what they wanted to do. Another good discussion. We'll pick it up next week. On behalf of Scott Lissett and John Patton, I'm Pete Wright. Thanks for listening to Ask Kate.